Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Long Chinas' podcast, Baptism Channel. This is rant number nine. I'm going to be doing a prayer for this one. So just hang on to your hats. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, amen. Um, I want to start this off before I even do anything else. I want to give an honest and sincere, from the bottom of my heart, um, thanks and gratitude for Lord Jesus and Blessed Mother Mary from keeping me relatively unpolluted from the lies the purposeful miseducation and the propaganda of the Vatican II sect. Um, I, I give them all the credit because on my own, I probably would have been fooled. And this is the work of divine providence. And as I get into this rant, you'll understand why. Now, I would have loved to have put this under random thoughts, but I ain't going to lie. I'm still very human. Um, and quite frankly, um, I, I try to be dispassionate as I can, but when I see people doing violence to the truth purposely or Violence to the personages of Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother and the Holy Catholic Church. I, I, I ain't going to lie. I get mad. I get angry. I try to stay dispassionate, but um, I love these things. And when people do these things, it's like somebody had smacked my mother or punched her and I'm ready to fight. I realize that this is not, and I repeat, this is not a Christian attitude, but, um, uh, well, I take that back. It's not a saint's attitude. Zealous people who love the church zealously, they would have this reaction. It's not a saint's attitude. Um, and I'm going to go with this disclaimer. I am absolutely going to go with this disclaimer. That um, if a person says something or does something out of ignorance, 
And it's quite evident that they're coming out of ignorance. Um, I, I, am, I try to be as charitable with them as I can. Unless they're going to be obstinate and they're playing games. I'm going to try to be as, as, as patient with them as humanly possible. Having said that, this rant is based on um, the 2004 e e e debate in 2004 in 2004 between Bishop Sanborn and Dr. Robert Fastigi. Now, I know it would sound weird that I'm getting mad about a video that's almost uh, almost 20 years old. But the, the reason, part of me obviously was PO'd because it appears, and, and I'm... Once again, you youngsters, I'm not judging the state of the man's soul. His words and his actions betray him. And it would appear that Dr. Fastigi is not being entirely truthful. Okay, and that made me mad. But I also found it instructive. The dispassionate side of me was still working and I found it instructive because a lot of the tactics that Dr. Fastigi used against Bishop Sanborn, and we're talking 2004, are the same tactics that is used on social media and have been used on social media uh, from at least 2017. I suspect even longer than that. Now, Basically, um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, I know that e e ecclesiology is um, the debate on the structures of the church, I think. I'm probably wrong about that, but that's my understanding. And basically what they were debating was, the bottom line was, was whether or not Vatican II was heretical. Now, before I get started on the things that I noticed, the tactics of Dr. Fastigi, I'm going to say, and by the way, um, this applies for every saint Doctor of the church, father of the church, and priest, monk, or church writers, the spiritual writers that have existed since the time of Christ's death and ascension. We are literally standing on the, on the shoulders of giants. Of the three best known personalities of the Sedevacantus movement, only Bishop Sanborn remains. 
And I'm, I'm using his name because I want to praise him. Um, for the sake of full disclosure, I don't agree with everything he does, but there's, there has been no finer defendant of the set of the contest cause, the true Catholic cause, I mean, living, I should say, because, um, Father Chicada and Bishop Sanborn in their own rights were pretty, well, they were giants in their own rights too. But Bishop Sanborn is the last living giant. Um, now, this is not excluding uh, my own bishop for the CMRI. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because people get mad when I mispronounce it. But, um, because he's... He's been a bishop, I think, even longer than Bishop Sanborn. It doesn't matter. Um, generally, um, he's he's not making the videos, doing the apologetics. He's out there working in the field, which, um, quite frankly, uh, not only do I really appreciate it, but uh, I understand where he's coming from. But anyway, and I'm not going to lie, it saddens me. It saddens me when Sedevacantists allow themselves to get distracted by crap that doesn't even matter. And the infighting. That'll be for a later episode. I intend on addressing that epi uh, that issue. But for right now, it saddens me what at the time when we should be most united. You know, we're we're looking at a time when everything that's been prophesied could could come true, and we're still acting like. Nothing's happening. We're acting like, you know, um, quite frankly, we're taking every day for granted when every day should be a ticking stopwatch. But anyway, like I said, um, I will get on to that. So, basically... This is we're talking 2004. Oh, apologize. I apologize for using my um my go to word. I did promise I was going to try to avoid that. So please forgive me, and I I will attempt this again. In this video from 2004, because Doctor Fastigi Fastigi is you know. He's a modernist. I mean, we all are. But the, the people on top of the Vatican II food chain, they're committed to their modernism. They have a vested interest in committing to their modernism. And as I said earlier, 
I, I wrote down the stuff that I noticed during his debate with Bishop Sanborn, and it comes down to the following tactics, which, as I said, um, have been used on the internet, on social media, since at least 2017. That's when I kind of got involved in social media. The first tactic is, is not to not address the issues directly. Bishop Sanborn started out as the, uh, his, his objections to Vatican II, he started out as the lead guy. And in his response to Bishop Sanborn, and I, I personally have experienced this, instead of addressing Bishop Sanborn's main points, he, he went off in different directions. And part of his response was to obfuscate the issues at hand and use foggy pseudo-intellectual verbiage to help the obfuscation. So, to those of you who are former Vatican II members will know exactly what, I talk, what I'm talking about. If you compare the Vatican II Council documents with anything written prior to Vatican II, you will notice that like a lot of government regulations, they can be stretched from here to San Francisco and there is no solid meaning and the, the writing of the council documents is so obscure and filled with verbiage that, you know, it, it begs to, to know if it's actual verbiage, but it's the obfuscate. It's the obfuscate what they're trying to do. Okay? So... Uh, I will get to another thing I noticed. Um, I noticed that he was condescending to the audience. He was condescending to the audience, boarding, bordering on arrogance. Now, sometimes in my other episodes, I have mistakenly called this passive aggressiveness. Um, I, in this particular case, in the video, at least toward the audience who were made up of a lot of set of accountants, he did not, I didn't get the sense that he was being passive aggressive with them, but he was being condescendingly arrogant to them. He was treating them like errant 12 year olds who uh, tipped over the neighbor's garbage can, stole apples, and were just generally being 12-year-old kids, ill-behaved. Now, toward Bishop Sanborn, he was very disrespectful, very rude. And having, having been on the receiving end of both tactics, I can recognize it. Well, I mean, 
in in text form, it's hard to catch on right away. When it's on video form, it's right there. He was very rude to Bishop Sanborn, very disrespectful. He also impugned the motivation and the intentions of Bishop Sanborn. In social media, uh, your opponents will do this as well. Um, if you are a Catholic believer, even a, uh, a Vatican II sect LARPer, this is called rash judgment. Rash judgment, it's in every good examination of conscience means that you're, that you are imputing motivation and, um, intentions without knowing, without being able to see the person's actions or actually hear their words. Um, in, in social media realm, uh, because you're dealing with text-based dialogue, their words are right there. So if somebody writes down something that I know through training and reading is a heresy, if I call that a heresy, that's not rash judgment because they've written down for all to see. Whenever you make public an error or a, a sin or a heresy, once it becomes public, it's no longer rash judgment. Now, rash judgment, let's just say in the case of John the 23rd, or I'm, um, I'm sorry, Mr. Um, um, Oh, I forget that dude's... Oh, Mr. Roncalli. Let's just take Mr. Roncalli, for example. Now, we know because he convened and helped set the... set the uh, agenda for Vatican II, those who are um, spiritually aware know that that's a public heresy. But if I were to say on this podcast... Well, I think that Mr. Roncalli convoked Vatican II because he sold his soul to the devil and um, he was angry at his mother for something she had done raising him. Now, I'm, impu I'm imputing things that I have no idea about. You know, no, no, nobody knows if he sold his soul to the devil and nobody knows if he was mad at his mom or not. So that's, that's hasty judgment. Or rash judgment, I'm sorry. The other thing I've noticed, and I, like I said, I've been on the receiving end of this too. If for whatever personal reason, and it could range anywhere from they can feel that the argument is slipping away from them, or they're taking your arguments as a personal attack, even if you're being dispassionate and factual, they begin to insult 
you and make false accusations. Dr. Fastigi did this several times during his debate with Bishop Sanborn. Bishop Sanborn, to his credit, um, kept his cool and he stayed on point. He stayed on point and he didn't allow Dr. Fastigi's um, personal attacks get to him. Honestly speaking, if it had been me, I, I would have been in the dude's face. Um, because, you know, and, and that's why social media too is such a popular avenue because it basically allows you to make insults and, and, um, accuse people of false notions without any consequence. You know, I could go to a lot of Vatican II people and call them all sorts of names and accuse them of all sorts of chicanery. And, and, and unless they've got a really good uh, tech buddy who can find my address, there's no, there's no repercussions for me. And whether people are aware of it or not, if you consider yourself a true Catholic, now obviously the LARPers in the Vatican II sect, you know, whether they know it or not, they're not true Catholics, but if you claim to love Jesus, whether unconsciously or consciously, why would you engage in a tactic of and insulting somebody and impugning their motivations when there are no repercussions for you. And that, that was another thing too. Throughout the debate, Dr. Fastigi kept saying how much he loved Jesus. And anybody who's even remotely aware of traditional Catholic teachings could see that he, he, was, he was making a liar out of himself. Because by engaging in the last two things I listed, that's not love of Jesus. The love of Jesus is humility and um, charity. And he wasn't showing any of that to Bishop Sanborn. And that's another thing, too. That's, you know, my past few episodes have been, been about credibility and, you know, practicing what you preach. If you, if you claim publicly, oh, I love Jesus, and you engage in this type of behavior, now, whether out of ignorance or whether... It's purposeful is up to God, but if you're engaging in that behavior, you know, the spiritual teachings are out there to, to look up and read. Any good catechism is going to have them. So, and, you know, traditional Catholic doctrine teaches that, um, it, uh, the traditional Catholic doctrine is taught in pre-Vatican II cat, uh, catechisms. 
And because it came from the Catholic Church, it came from Jesus Christ himself. So if you're not following those teachings, how can you say you love Jesus? Another thing I noticed that he was doing, and by the way, everything I'm listing here is a tactic that people use on social media on present day. So, um, oh, by the way, if, if there isn't something, that, uh, if something he did in the debate doesn't match up with tactics on social media, I, I will make a special note of it. But one of the things he did was when he was supposedly re rebutting Bishop Sanborn's points that he had made, he would reference he would reference points that had nothing to do with what Bishop Sanborn had said. And anyone who has experience on social media will tell you this is a favorite tactic. You know, um, they uh, people who are quote-unquote rebutting you, they... This goes back to the uh, upper part of what I was talking about. You'll make points A, B, and C, and they won't address A, B, and C directly. You know, they'll cherry pick a part or two from your points and try to get in the weeds with that, trying to distract you. And then they'll also reference points that you look at these points and you're like, dude, I didn't even say that. What are you talking about? Unfortunately, bitter experience. Accusing your opponents of what you are, in fact, guilty of yourself. Um... I've already stated in other episodes my experience with that, but with the Dr. Fastigi debate, he was literally accusing Bishop Sanborn. And to anybody who who's in, um, I, I would say diligent, would have noticed the things that he was accusing Bishop Sanborn of doing, he was guilty of himself. And by the way, the things he was accusing Bishop Sanborn of, Bishop Sanborn, in fact, was not guilty of, in case I had to make that clear. Yeah. As I said in my earlier, earlier episodes, I've been falsely accused not of, of, not of things that I actually did because, you know, while, uh, we have text. You know, we have a thread. Um, when I would go, they, they would accuse me. Well, you're being, um, you're using rash judgment. You're being uncharitable. And I would challenge them. You have, you have the thread. Show me concretely in that thread where I've been anything of what you've accused me of. And then it's all of a sudden, the subject gets changed. Wow, it's funny how that works, isn't it? 
The next thing is, and this is directly aimed at the Vatican II sect. I notice, especially on the neo-traditionalist side, or what I call the neo-Catholic LARPers, that they're harsher on Sedevacantis than actual heretics, i.e. Protestants, pagans, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and schismatic, Eastern Orthodox, they're actually harder on Sedevacantis. Now, I've also said this in an earlier episode, but in this video, you know, he literally, he literally talked glowing about those religions, or I won't even dignify them with the, with the title religion. I will call them an heir because that's what they are. He actually was very, very, um, what's the word uh, I want to look at, uh, I want to use. He was very, um, friendly. I'll put it that way. He's very friendly toward them. But as soon as he started talking about Sedevacantism and Bishop Dolan in particular, the mask dropped and he got as nasty and as dirty. Now, all the while while he's doing this, he's trying to make it seem like well, yeah, Vatican II, we were, you know, we're, we're Orthodox. We're Orthodox with, you know, true Catholic teaching. And you read anything before Vatican II, he, he, was, he, he kept trying to justify his uh, Vatican II's ecumenism. And he kept referencing, well, you know, every... Uh, we're, we're, we're supposed to bring every religion under the Catholic Church. Which is partially true. But the way the Vatican II Council made it was they did not have to submit to Rome. They did not have to submit to the traditional Catholic Church teaching. But Dr. Fastigi, and I can only because... By the way, this man is a theologian. Now, he's a Vatican II theologian. But he has the title of theologian. If the man is a theologian, I have to go by what he said. By saying that, no, no theologian that was orthodox or honest would ever make the claim that the, that the, uh, the Catholic teachings prior to Vatican II about ecumenism was that Oh, yeah, we want every church to be united with us, but they can they don't have to submit to the Pope and they don't have to submit to our teachings. I mean, a a homeschooled neo-trad middle schooler can tell you that's a lie. That's an error. But he said it is blandly, and you know, that's why I'm saying I'm going by the evidence. I'm not, I'm not judging his soul. I, that's, uh, that's not my wheelhouse. I'm going by what he said and his title. His name is Dr. Robert 
uh, Fastigi. The doctor is, because he's listed as a theologian, my um, understanding would be, with a title like that, he has a doctor in theology. Now, I'm not claiming to be a theologian. I'm not claiming to have 150 IQ. I'm not claiming to have gotten any kind of college. I am a barely literate high school graduate who happens to take my face seriously and of all people who should know better, he should know better. Now, me, personally, if I said something obviously that erroneous, for the sake of charity, you, you could make the argument, well, the, you know, the guy's barely literate, you know, we got to cut him some slack. But for a theologian to make that claim, that's, in, that's, that's defending the indefensible. But we'll get to that. Another thing, and this isn't just uh, to Dr. Fastigi, it's to a lot of uh, the neo-trads who LARP as Catholics, um, and basically the Protestants too, they follow what they, personally, their personal judgment, believe is the truth. And I made I made a uh, I made a comment on Twitter along these lines, but they don't bother to they don't bother to um, research their own truth claims to to see to see um, if it's actually the truth or not. And if you, this goes back to what I said in my last couple of episodes previous and what I've been saying, you know, to anybody who will listen to me. If you say you love Jesus Christ, he is the ultimate truth. That's why in the book of John, he said, they say that he, um, St. John says, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. But not only is he the beginning and the end, if you reach, uh, if you research anything out of the Bible and out of um, the writings of the fathers and doctors and the saints of the church, they will tell you that he is wisdom itself. Wisdom and the truth um, are closely related. Without truth, you, as a matter of fact, without truth, you can't have wisdom. Without truth, you can't have wisdom. And so, put your money where your mouth is. Put your, you say you love Jesus. How about doing, you know, how about showing Jesus you love him? You know, um, Ignorant people think that it's enough to say a little prayer and you're good. But I would I would expect more 
out of a person that calls himself a theologian who does not even who, who claims he loved Jesus, he loves Jesus, but is not even bothering to research. Because, like I said, I'm not judging the man's mind. I'm not judging his soul. That's not my wheelhouse. Uh, as uh, Mr. Obama said, that's above my pay grade. But I could go by what he said. He said, um, as I stated earlier, he tried to claim that the ecumenism of Vatican II was was no different than than and and by the way, Bishop Sanborn <laughs> smacked him down hard. He said there was no ecumenism, ecumenism in the Catholic Church per se, except that other people renounce their errors and embrace the true Catholic religion and the Pope is their leader. And that's true. You know, and my, my point in saying what I just said was, if you're claiming you love Jesus, but you're somehow not, you're, you're, you, you are literally... You are literally contradicting what the church has taught for 1900 years. I don't think I'm, I'm in sin when, if you're contradicting yourself, you know, pointing out the contradictions. Okay. And my last point was in this lecture, and honestly speaking, I wanted to save those examples for this point, but defending the indefensible. And the indefensible is, is making contradictory remarks that Vatican II is somehow a continuation of the one true Catholic Church. Now I never. I'm going to address this. Briefly. Online. A lot of the LARPing neo-trads. And the LARPing neo-Catholics. Like to throw around the term. Schismatic. Heretic. Uh, you know. Baby eater. To set up a contest. So I made this very reasonable observation. How can we be schismatic and heretics when we are following the Catholic Church's teaching prior to Vatican II, which the Vatican II Church itself claims is a basis for their own religion? How? How is that schismatic? I, you use your critical thinking skills here. I beg of you. How does that make sense? How? In what universe does that make sense? In what universe does it make sense that you're calling people heretics and schismatics for holding on to a belief that 
your own church says is the basis for its teachings. You know, my own two cent take on this is you're either rabidly insane or you're so chocked full of cognitive dissonance and lack of, of, um, of, uh, uh, what's the word I use? Uh, critical thinking skills that quite frankly, you should be under the supervision of somebody who knows how to take care of people like that. Because nothing, nothing in that nature is, is even close to what you're claiming to be the truth. And for that matter, at the same time, and this is, like I said, this is looking at you, you LARPing neo-Catholics, you LARPing neo-trads, to, to insult, to insult and degrade, you know, by the way, you know, <laughs> You won't give us the title of Catholic, but you know, I have noticed a little behavior amongst your apologists, amongst some of your own numbers on social media. You guys will go out of your way to be friendly and loving to Protestants, to Eastern Orthodox, to Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, Jews. Which, if you were who you said you were and weren't a bunch of LARPers suffering from cognitive dissonance, you would know that the church, it doesn't teach you to be as harsh as I'm being right now, but it does teach you that if a person is not Catholic, we are to convert them. We're not to be... Uh, I mean, in our personal interactions, yes, very much so. We are to be polite and, you know, but we're not to allow them to subsist in their air. We're supposed to correct them. And by the way, why are you showing actual heretics, schismatics, and pagans more respect than the people who are actually trying to practice the faith that you claim is a part of yours. Why? Why? You know, I'm I'm not I'm not claiming to 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 be the judge of anyone's soul or their motivation. However, having been on the receiving end of it, having seen other people be on the receiving end of it. God has given me enough grace that that is pride, that is arrogance, that is complacency. And because I'm not a, a saint or a, a, a person that is not mature in the spiritual life, I'm sure there are other sins we can add in there. But those are the ones that are most blatant to me when you uh, so-called uh, Catholics 
do this to set of a contest. Oh, one more. Sloth. Sloth. And um, I, I will admit to the sloth part. Believe it or not, you uh, Neo-Catholics, I used to be a Vatican II sect member. And I don't take any, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I don't take any credit. It was the grace of Lord Jesus and his blessed mother who got me out of there. But I had to assent. And I did my due diligence to make sure. But I can just tell online, on social media, the people who are not sincere, who who are not sincere and do not have the right attitude, I can tell them right off the bat. I will, I will fully, fully um, own up to sloth. But as far as making fun, a set of, I, I hadn't even heard a set of a contism until I quit going to the Vatican II church. But I never, now, I ain't going to lie, Protestants, and oh, mainly Protestants, I was very harsh with them. But at least as far as I remember, I don't think I was ever as brutal in my insults as some of you LARPing so-called Catholics have been to set of a contest. You should be ashamed of yourself. How can you claim to have the Spirit of God and talk that way? To a person who is trying to practice the Catholic belief, but that at the same time give undeserved friendliness and recognition to people who are actually outside the Catholic religion. Anyway, um, I, I do thank you for listening. I'm, I'm sure by this point, a lot of the neo-Catholics have already turned this off. And he, he was so uncharitable. Pointing out a fault is not, is not non-charity. It may be harsh, but it's not non-charity. You can accuse me of being harsh. I, I am being harsh... Because, as I said before, I'm not saying every set of a contest is, is a mini-saint. Anybody who's listened to any of my podcasts, I take, I take my co-religionist to task if I feel it's necessary. But I am getting sick and tired of the arrogance being shown to, to my co-religionists. You guys, you you neo Larper Catholics, you had don't have a leg to stand on it, and you're so ignorant you don't even know it. Um so I will admit to harshness. And I will also admit to not being dispassionate because as, as true Catholics, we are called to be dispassionate. 
But these are faults, not sins. And I will not apologize for anything that is not a sin. So, if you are said of a contest, um, like I said, I have no reason to believe that any of my listeners are. Um, I'm going to list the YouTube, uh, the channel is Norvis to Watch on YouTube. I'm going to list the title. And um, you can watch it. If you're interested, um, basically there, uh, Bishop Sanborn isn't saying anything there that any well-informed set of a contest hasn't heard a million times before or read, but it's interesting to see how the tactics of the modernists have, you know, have been around since at least 2004 and probably along, uh, around before then. To the Vatican II sect members who do listen up to this point, I want to thank you for your time and your patience because um, it is my nature when I see things that I consider atrocities happening, I tend to, I tend to let, let fly. But I appreciate it. And to anybody who listens to this, I hope and I pray, literally, that you get something out of this. I really do. And, um, you know, I'm not getting my jollies out of this. You know, I, I'm, I'm not getting my jollies off of this. The majority of my episodes, I try to be as even-handed as I can. But there was a reason I started doing rants. And the reason I started doing rants was so that if I got upset, if I started showing my butt, I could say, well, this is under a rant. So if you're going into this and you're expecting a dispassionate tone... I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, um, I really appreciate you listening. I really appreciate your time. God bless you. And yes, I'm praying for everyone. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye. Now you will receive us. Would you not ask for your poor? Are you hungry? We do not want your tired and sick. It is your corrupt we claim. It is your evil that will be shot by us. With every breath, we shall hunt them down. Each day, we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies. Do not kill. Do not rape. Do not steal. These are principles which every man of every faith can embrace. These are not polite suggestions. These are codes of behavior. And those of you that ignore them will pay the dearest cost. There are varying degrees of evil. We are due lesser forms of filth, not to push the bounds and cross over.